try to do this chronologically if we can. Brethren, we have a men's games night uh, here at the church this coming Friday night at 7.30. Um, you are required to bring a plate of food to share. If you haven't seen one of these or you need more information, Brother Frost can give you one of those. It's this coming Friday night here at the church at 7.30. Um, on the 14th of December, the youth have their end-of-year lunch. Um, Brother Moses can give you all the details of where it's at and stuff, but it is $35 a, a head. Um, it, you need to RSVP to Brother Moses so he can make the booking arrangements by next Sunday, the 1st of December. The actual lunch is on the 14th. Don't need to RSVP next week if you can, please. The day after that, on the 15th of December, is our in the morning service will be our Sunday school end of year program. It's always a great day. And in the evening service will be our, our video night, which is always a great night. So that's the 15th of December. That's uh, about three, just over, th just under. No, exactly, three weeks away. I'll get this eventually. And uh, we're looking forward to that. So let's keep those dates aside. Amen. Well, this morning, I'm not preaching. Um, we're having a preacher that many of us know, but hasn't preached here for quite some time. Uh, Peter McCallum uh, leads our team at Bassendine and our daughter work on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, I... I don't roster him to preach here too often because Bassendine keeps him very busy and he's preaching there at least every second Sunday night and he and his team are doing a wonderful job down there in Bassendine. And, uh, but as I was preparing this roster a few months ago, I felt like it would be good for the church to hear Brother Peter minister to us. So he's going to come and preach whatever the Lord has laid on his heart. Let's get behind him. Let's let the Word of God speak to us this morning. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, praise God. One more time. Praise God. Why don't we stand and just lift our hands to the King of Kings just for a moment? Why don't we just praise Him just for a moment? Why don't we just shake ourselves for a moment? Why don't we shake ourselves for a moment? Say, Lord, I want you right now. I want your presence. I want your power. I want you to manifest yourself in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we just reach across and shake someone's hand that's next to you and just say, it's good to have you in the house of the Lord. There's such a great anticipation of the Holy Ghost in this house today. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, wonderful Savior. Hallelujah. I just want to give honor to my pastor uh, for allowing me this great privilege to stand before you wonderful folk and, and to minister the word of the Lord. I don't take it lightly and also to Sister Kathy and, and Cassandra and family. I'm just, uh, just so thankful that we serve the same God and we don't serve some God out there somewhere that we can't touch 
a God that's made out of wood that can't hear us when we when we cry out to Him, but we know that His name is Jesus, uh, and we know that He has all the power, and uh, He has all the authority, uh, and then there's nothing, to, absolutely nothing to, uh, that He can't do for you, and for your family, and for your friends, uh, and for your work colleagues, uh, because He has the power. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bible... We're going to the book of John, one of the Gospels. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing so long. Just remain standing just for a moment longer. We're going to John chapter 4, verse 25 to verse 29. Amen. The Bible says, The woman saith unto Jesus, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. And when he come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. The woman then left her water pot. She left her water pot, church, and went her way into the city and saith unto the men. She wanted them to know about the one that she had met at the well. Oh, come on, church. She wanted the man in the city to know who she had met at the well. Hallelujah. Verse 29 says, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Just to give some background leading up to the text that we just read in In John, we find the narrative of the Samaritan woman. She came to Jacob's well in the middle of the day to draw water all by herself. It was an unusual hour to come to the well. Typically, in the Middle Eastern culture, women came later in the day when it was much cooler to draw water and in groups. The scripture does not tell us why she came to the well at this particular time. Perhaps she was a social outcast because of her lifestyle as she had had five husbands. But the Bible does tell us that she came to the well between 9 a.m. and midday to draw water. Verse 3 tells us that Jesus left Judea and headed for Galilee, passing through Samaria. We must remember at this particular time period that there was a deep distrust and dislike between the Samaritans and the Jews, as they were considered outcast, as they were part Jew and part Gentile. Yet they still believed in the coming of the Messiah. According to John chapter 4, verse 25, so intense was their dislike for the Samaritans that the Pharisees also called Jesus a Samaritan in the book of John chapter 8, verse 48. By tradition, a Jewish rabbi, or we could say teacher, would not even speak to a strange woman in public. And it was very unusual for a Jewish woman or Jewish person of that time to ask a favor or even accept a drink from a Samaritan's cup. The Bible tells us that Jesus went deliberately. He went out of his way to pass through the land of Samaria just to meet this woman who was without hope. Jesus knew that she would be at Jacob's well 
and he waited for her accordingly. This woman came to draw literal water in order to quench her physical thirst. But Jesus, church, he came to give her, he came to offer her something that was so much greater than the water that we turn on in the tap at home. He came to give her something that could bring everlasting life, something that can bring refreshing to the soul. It doesn't matter about your circumstance today. Jesus is in the house and he's moving amongst us by his spirit. Hallelujah. Jesus, God manifest in the flesh, was more concerned about her spiritual well-being than her physical. As he said in John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, referring to the natural water. But if you keep reading on, it says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well springing up into everlasting life. I want the water today, church, that Jesus has to offer. I'm not interested in the physical stuff. I don't care about that. Yes, I need a little bit, but I want the living water that Jesus has promised me and he's promised you today. If you're not being baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire and the speaking in other tongues, you can have the living water today, living within your soul, radiating out and producing something good in your life. He doesn't want you to stay the same, but He wants to transform. He wants to renew. He wants someone to know today, it's time to stop looking at the world for answers. Start looking at Jesus. Start looking at Jesus because He's the answer. He's the answer. This Samaritan woman was so desperate. Somehow she recognized that Jesus was much more than just a weary traveler who she had met at the well. As she said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Yes, church, Jesus is much more than a prophet who came to the well that day. He's much more than just a carpenter's son, but he's God manifest in the flesh and he came to give life to the world. And it doesn't matter today if you're a little bit discouraged by your circumstance, if you're living beyond the poverty line, Jesus wants to lift you up. Hallelujah. But he came to the city of Sychar on a mission. His mission was to save and to bring hope to this Gentile woman who was excluded from the promises of God. And she said unto Jesus, I know I've heard it said by many, and I truly believe that the Messiah who is called Christ is coming soon. And when he does come, he will tell us, all things. And Jesus saith unto her in plainness of speech. He didn't complicate the matter. He didn't say you had to do A, B, C, and D. It's not that confusing. And I'm praise God for that. He just turned and said to her, I that speak unto thee am he. 
I am the Savior. I am the one that came to Sychar's well to meet you today. I am the one that's come to give you life today. I am the one that all you need is in me, you will find. Hallelujah. Jesus. Once this woman had received this revelation of who the man at the well was, nothing could stop her from sharing her revelation with others. She did not even have the Holy Ghost as some of us here today. But immediately the scripture tells us she left her water pot at the well. Why? Because she knew that she was coming back for her water pot and she was not coming to the well alone, but she was bringing her neighbor. She was bringing her friends. Come on, Wally, you can have the Holy Ghost today. She was bringing some, some folk in the church, in the, in the city that didn't know Jesus. The Holy Ghost is under you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The living water is still free today. It's still available today. It's still flowing from the throne room today. It started in Jerusalem. It spread to Samaria and onto the other part of the world. You can have the Holy Ghost today. You don't have to sit there and shake your head and say, it's not for me. you got to start asking yourself. Lord, why don't I have the Holy Ghost? Have you fully repented of your sins? Do you doubt? Hallelujah. Thank you for standing, brethren. Our God is faithful. And if He said it in His Word, church, you can have the Holy Ghost today. Right where you are now, lift your hands and just thank Him for the Holy Ghost. If you haven't got it, lift your hands anyway and say, Lord, I want it because it's a promise. And God does not lie. He's not a man that He would lie. But you can be filled today. Your vessel can be filled today. David said, my cup runneth over. It's not a once-off experience, but it's an everyday experience where you can be filled with the power of God. Jesus, this story can be summed up by the following statement. The Savior of the world met at Sychar's well, a Samaritan woman, and gave her salvation's water. And she became a saved woman and a soul winner because she met the Savior at the well. So with this in mind, I want to preach from from this thought for the next little while. The man at the well. The man at the well. Wells are very significant in the Bible. Almost every aspect of daily life in ancient Israel involved water. Although the primary function of wells in ancient Israel was to supply water for the household. The centralized open locations of wells allowed them to serve as social gathering places as well. One dictionary defines a well as a spring or a natural source of water. Yet another definition refers to a well as a hole that is drilled in the earth to obtain water, petroleum, natural gas, etc. A well is also referred to as a place where waters issue from, a spring or a fountain of some sort. Travelers also stopped at various wells that are mentioned throughout the scripture to water their camels and to rest. Wells were also used as landmarks 
which enabled many to find their way around. And most importantly, a well in ancient Israel in those times represented life. As water is life-giving and it symbolizes creation and new beginnings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need a new beginning sometimes, church. I remember when I was broken and I was bruised and battered by the affairs of this world, when I was a drug addict, when I was an alcoholic, when I fell down and I made mistakes, and I said, Lord, who am I? But he reached down to me. And he says, I got something for you. I got something for me. And he's got something for you, church. It doesn't matter where you stand today. It doesn't matter of your situation or your addictions or your failures. He's got something for you. He's got something that you need. He's got something that you can receive today because he's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's not just an ordinary God, but he's a supernatural God that reigns, rules all over time and eternity to come. I want to be with him today. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to you about the man at the well. Hallelujah. The Bible recounts several women meeting their future spouses at the well as well. Moses met Zipporah at the well when she was tending unto her father's sheep. Jacob also met Rachel, his wife, at the well. In the book of Genesis, chapter 24, verses 1 to 20, we read that Abraham commissioned his eldest servant, Eliezer, if my memory serves me right, to find a son for his, a wife for his son, Isaac, sorry. Abraham did not want Isaac to marry a Canaanite bride. So he made his servant put his hand under his thigh to signify the oath or the agreement that had just been made between himself and his servant. According to ancient customs, this describes a very serious oath between two people. How did Abraham know that God would provide the right woman for his son, Isaac? He trusted the promises of God that were made many, many years beforehand. Genesis chapter 17 verse 19 tells us, And thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. And with his seed after him, don't forget, Isaac is God's possession. Abraham knew that God would not fail him to supply the need. And I want someone to know today that God will not fail you in that time of need. God will supply your need if you wait upon Him, if you don't grow weary in well-doing. But in due season, the Scripture says, we shall reap. God will provide. God will order your steps. But you've got to trust Him. You've got to come to the well. You've got to meet the man who is at the well. He's not any man, but He's waiting for someone at the well today. Jesus wants to pour out living water into someone's soul today. He wants to breathe into someone's situation, new life. He wants to give hope to the dead situation that you may be in today. We don't serve any God, church. We serve the man that is at the well called Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Abraham's servant took the ten camels and the necessary supplies from his master's house. 
and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down outside the city of the well of water at evening. The time when women go out to draw water according to Genesis chapter 24 verses 10 and 11. And Eliezer prayed, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day, or help me to succeed in what my master has bidden me to do. And show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel, the girl to whom shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink, and she shall say, drink, and I will also give thy camels water to drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac to marry. And thereby shall I know that thou hast shown kindness unto my master. The Bible tells us that even before Abraham's servant had finished making his petition known, that Rebekah came forth to draw water. God did not disappoint Abraham's servant that day, but his prayer had already been answered. Whatever you're praying for today, church, it's already been answered in God's time. You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to doubt God. You've got to start believing. You've got to start shaking yourself and saying, Lord, it's under my feet. I put it in your hand because I know that you are faithful. And if he said it in his word, he will surely, surely, positively, he will most definitely bring it to pass in his time. Don't allow frustrations and your circumstances of life stop you from coming to the well. I'll read that again. Don't allow frustrations and your circumstances of life stop you from coming to the well. Life is at the well, church. Times of refreshing can be found at the well, brother. All of us must come to the well sooner or later, to drink. All of us must come to the source of all life. It doesn't matter if it's the middle of the day like the Samaritan woman. It doesn't matter if you come to the well all by yourself or even if you come with a friend. But you must come to the well. Hallelujah. But you must come to the well. Life will always throw us curveballs. Some are easy to catch and some not so easy. Life has its ups and downs and disappointments and its fair share of fiery trials that will push our faith in Christ to the limit. But we must not give up when these times come. We live in the greatest time of human history. Technology is ever increasing. But man is more concerned about living for self than God in these last days. Pride has filled so many hearts in the 20th century to the point that they would prefer to believe a lie than come to the well of their salvation. It's time, church, to rise up. 
It's time to lay aside some distractions. It's time to stop believing in false things. It's time to get the pride under the feet right where it belongs. And it's time to start living a life that's holy and acceptable and well-pleasing unto God because He's pouring out living water in His house today and you can have it. The man is at the well. He's waiting for someone here today. I don't know your situations. I don't know where you're at spiritually. I don't know what your struggle is. I only know what mine is. And I have many. But he knows. And if you say, Lord, I don't care if there's a multitude at the well. I'm going to pretend this is my well, so just imagine with me for just a moment. This is my well. And Brother Moses is there, and Brother Steve, and, and Lady, and Fiston, and Brother Wally, and Sister Sheila. And it's crowded. It's crowded. Don't worry about them. Just, just get to the well. Can you just, can you just let me get to the well? I need, I need to get to the well. I need to get to Jesus. I need some water. I need some of that living water, Jesus. Fill my vessel. Refresh me. Strengthen me. But we've got to get to the well. Regardless. Doesn't matter if you've been serving the Lord 20 years, 100 years, or whatever it may be. You've got to go to the well daily. Otherwise, you will become, in the natural sense, dehydrated. The body can go without food for much longer. But water, you take away the water and you will die. How much more in the spiritual sense when we are fighting against principalities, when we're fighting against the lust of the flesh and the pride of the life and those things that bring us down every day if we don't come to the well. We need the Holy Ghost today living and reigning and leading and guiding and helping us to have victory in every portion and every part of our life regardless on who you are you can have it today because the man is waiting at the well for someone here today maybe you haven't prayed in the holy ghost for many years maybe your well is a little bit dry maybe you need to look down and say oh my goodness what's that Maybe there's some unbelief down there. Maybe there's some unforgiveness down there towards a brother that you're holding ought against, but you really you're saying, oh Lord, I'm not going to forgive him. We've got to get some junk out of the well. We've got to get some hurts, some lusts of the flesh out of the well so Jesus can pour it into our vessel. So he can pour into our vessel. So he can give us new life. He can give us resurrection life. Stop living on that side of the poverty line where Jesus owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he wants to bless you abundantly above all that you're able to think or imagine. Because he's the God of tomorrow. He's not the God of the past. We don't serve an ordinary God church, but we serve a miraculous, ever-powerful, ever-knowing, omnipresent, omnipotent God that reigns and rules forevermore. Come to the well today, church. I know what Jesus can do because he's done it for me.
as we read in our beginning text, the woman from Samaria had heard about or from someone who was close to her concerning the Messiah that would soon come. The Samaritans were believers. Church, it doesn't matter if you're Aboriginal, like me. African, Filipino, Chinese, Colombian, or any other nation that can be mentioned or found under heaven. The book of Revelation speaks of a great multitude, a mixed multitude that cannot be numbered of all nations and kindreds and people of all tongues. Church, God wants someone to know that God is no respecter of persons. Jesus said, if any man thirst, both genders, let him come unto me and drink. Jesus was not referring to literal water that stops our thirst for just a moment or two, but he was referring to the promise of the Father. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall trickle little bits. So trickle shall flow rivers of living water. Stop living on the trickle side of the line and get into the flow of the Holy Ghost. You think about Ezekiel's vision? It flowed out from the throne of God. It flowed down the steps. It went out into the region. The Holy Ghost is free today. And He's still pouring it out on lives. But we got to come to the man at the well first because he's the one that has the living water that's able to change your life in the 20th century. He's the one that has the power and the authority to take you to heaven when the trumpet sounds on that day. It says that the trumpet shall sound and the dead that are in Christ, those that are baptized in Jesus' name, shall rise up to meet him in the air and those which are alive shall also rise up to meet him in the clouds. And then he goes on to say, comfort one another with these words. He's pouring out his spirit to get us ready for his soon return. The Samaritans were looking. They were hoping for this one that would soon come. Are you looking for the one that would soon come? You need the Holy Ghost, church. You need the Holy Ghost, brother. You need the Holy Ghost, sister, in these last days because it will give you power to resist temptation. It will lead you through the wilderness. It will help you. It's time to come to the man at the well. Hallelujah. Jesus. The Bible does not specify how long Jesus waited at the well. As John 4 just tells us that Jesus, therefore being wearied from his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Some of us here today are living in the sixth hour, and we are not willing to come to the well of our salvation for one reason or another. It's not his fault if we leave this place unchanged. You can't blame God if you walk over here the same way you came. He's done all that he can for us. But you can't blame God. It's up to us as individuals. And if you have a sister or a brother that is next to you, and you know that they're struggling and being overcome by something, grab hold of their hand and say, look, 
let's go to the well. Let's go to the well. We don't have to worry about an altar call today. If someone is here and wants to come to the front today just to pray, come. You won't disrupt what I'm trying to preach. You won't disrupt God in any way because He is still on the throne. He is still the one that we serve and He's in control. But you've got to come to the man at the well. We don't know how long until the Lord's soon return. But the Bible says in in Romans chapter 8 verse 9, He that has not the Spirit of God is none of His. That's why we must be born again of the Spirit. Amen. It's part of the new birth. And I believe someone in here today is going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The evidence of speaking in tongues uh, for the first time uh, because God is faithful and if He said He would pour it out in the last days in which we are living right now, He will do it. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. The Lord made it His priority, church, to pass through Samaria. The need wasn't because of travel arrangements or practical necessities, but because there were people, unsaved people, who needed this living water just as much as the Jews did. He set social customs aside just to reach this one. And he will set whatever he has to aside to reach you right where you're at today. This was God's plan from the very beginning, church. He told his disciples the following, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, where it all started, and in Judea, and in Perth. No, it doesn't say that. It says something different. It says, and in Samaria, God was reaching out to a nation that was on the outside, that was strangers from the covenant of Israel. He was reaching a people that the Jews despised and disliked. But now, Jesus is reaching the whole world by His Spirit, through His gospel. His blood is still flowing to the highest mountaintop and also through the lowest valley. It does not lose its power. The Holy Ghost is still available today at the well. But you've got to come to the man at the well first. Hallelujah. Jesus. After the persecution of the early church by Saul of Tarsus, Philip, the scripture tells us, went down to Samaria and he preached Christ unto the people. These are the same people the same nation that we despise. Yet now we read that many were converted and saved through Philip's preaching. God used Philip mightily in Samaria to bring revival to a people that were considered outcasts. Many received his words gladly. Many were baptized in the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 8 verses 14 and 17 tells us, Now, or at this time when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent unto them Peter and John, who, 
when they come down, prayed for them that they might receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then they lay hands on them and they all received the gift of the Holy Ghost. They all received this living water that Jesus is offering us today. For the promise is unto you, church. We know that it's speaking about the Jewish nation, but it's for us now. While there's still time, before God shuts the door, it's time to get in the boat before the boat leaves the harbor. It's time to get in the plane before the plane takes off or you will be left behind. But you've got to come to the well first. You've got to come to the man who can stamp your passport and say, heaven ready. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Why does a thirsty man desire to drink? He drinks to thirst his quench. And I'm not speaking about alcoholic beverages or illicit drugs, but I'm speaking about something that has power to break every chain. Something that has power to bring everlasting life. It's time to come to the man at the well church. Isaiah chapter 12 verses, verse 2 tells us, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. The next verse goes on to tell us, Therefore, because I have this blessed assurance, because I have this confidence in my God, whom I serve, who my fathers served, I can draw water out of the wells, or I can, with joy, the Bible says, shall draw water out of the well of salvation. Hallelujah. If you're thirsty today, I want you to stand. Not a natural thirst, but if you're thirsty, for the presence of God. The spirit that moved over the, fi- the face of the deep in the beginning. The spirit that still flows over every heart that wants to be changed. Over every life that needs transformation power. Hallelujah. Maybe you have a bucket Maybe your, your, your vessel, so to speak, yourself, is your bucket. Just imagine with me just for a moment. And I, and I drilled some holes in the bucket. And I began with the garden hose. I began to try and fill your bucket up. But the water kept flowing out of the holes that are drilled in the bucket. Maybe church. Today, the Lord wants to bring healing. He wants to plug up those holes. He doesn't want us to to walk away unchanged. 
He wants to pour out that living water into your vessel. He wants to change you. He wants you to be ready, church. He knew that the Samaritan woman was at the well, and he knows Lift your hands right where you are, church. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is moving in this house. God. Jesus. Jesus. Sooner or later, all of us must come to the well. Jesus did not promise us a trickle or a stream or a flow of water of some sort. But Jesus promised us a river, a well of life springing up into everlasting life. The woman from Samaria was desperate for what Jesus had to offer her. Are you? On the last day of the feast, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. We are reminded here that Jesus stood to extend this invitation to the crowd that had gathered at the feast. Notice the invitation. When you invite someone to come, you say, Brother Moses, I want you to come my house. But Jesus is saying to someone here today, here's my invitation. I'm going to put it in your hand today, Sister Nat, Brother Eric, Sister Rosanna, Brother David, Brother Jojo, Brother Gary, whoever it may be. I invite you, he's saying, come to the well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. Can I have a musician, please? Hallelujah. Jesus. It's time to come to the well, church. I invite you to the altar today. You don't, I don't have to invite you, but Jesus has already given you the invitation. He's saying, come. Come. Hallelujah. If you haven't got the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of the Lord has been moving upon your heart today, you can come to the well. Jesus won't turn you away, but He invites. He gives you an invitation. And He says, Come. Come, 
come. Hallelujah.